This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer We're going to check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and I am so excited to sit down on the mic today. It's been a minute. If you've uh, if you've been listening, Kiki was on the podcast on Monday. Carl and Kyle were on the podcast last week. We have you know more guests coming up. It's a good time to be a Bravo fan. There's a lot going on. We've of course got Vanderpump Rules to talk about today. It's a Wednesday. What else would we be doing? Uh, To be honest, some other stuff, because we've got a lot to get into. First of all, the Bravo schedule this week, I I need to speak to someone about what they're doing to Real Housewives of Miami. We'll talk about their reunion tomorrow. But they are getting, I think, the short end of the stick that they do not deserve. Because I don't know if you all have looked at the schedule for what's happening on Bravo this week. Tonight, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, February 28th, we're getting part one of the Beverly Hills reunion and part one of the Miami reunion. Back to back part parts one. Great. Perfect. A fun night of television, a stressful night of television, but I'll take it. But then next week after Beverly Hills, what are we getting? Not Miami reunion part two. We're getting bet it all on blonde. The Erica Jane two part special is airing, I believe, after parts two and three of the Beverly Hills reunion. So when, you might ask, is Real Housewives of Miami getting parts two and three of their reunion? Not in the time slot that they've had all season, that they've been crushing in, that they've been earning. No, they're getting bumped to Thursdays. So we are getting parts one and two of the Real Housewives of Miami reunion on back-to-back nights. Tonight, Wednesday, and tomorrow night, Thursday, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. When am I going to talk about part two? When am I going to talk about part three? I don't record on Fridays. Not usually. Do I need... What are we going to do? I just think, look, I'm glad these queens, they got 17 episodes plus three, 20. They're getting to 20 episodes this season. Miami's great. I believe the reunion's going to be great. Julia and and Marcus Jordan are feuding because he he said that he's Michael Jordan's son. And she was like, you're a fucking Nepo baby. I came out of the Soviet Union. Who the fuck are you? I just think it's it stresses me out that these um that these ladies are being thrown around the calendar like. Like a rag doll, they don't deserve it. It reminds me, a couple years ago, there was a Real Housewives of Orange County reunion that they aired like three days in a row on the week between Christmas and New Year's. And I'm like, that has to be a tax strategy situation. <laughs> like They're trying to get all these episodes pumped out before uh, before Q4 ends. Maybe it was Real Housewives of Dallas. I don't remember. I, I just, these time slots are precious. Vanderpump Rules, Tuesday nights at eight. 
But you know what's happening Tuesday nights at nine, starting in a few weeks? We got to talk about the valley. It's so hard. It's so fucking hard to talk about the valley because I just can't believe it's real. I can't believe it's real. I can't believe it's happening on Bravo. I can't believe they're spending their money and their time and their efforts on this. Obviously, last month we got the the teaser of you know they're they're figuring out how to adult now that they're in their 40s yeehaw jacks on his serial killer little tyke's bike going around the neighborhood we got the full preview yesterday it's three minutes long first of all we don't need three minute previews for anything whatever happened to suspense whatever happened to anticipation that's a little rocky horror moment Why are we putting out a three-minute trailer for a show that looks like there's like 10 minutes worth of content in it? How many episodes is this? It can't be more than like six or seven, right? If we're out here giving Family Karma like an eight-episode season and then canceling it, we better not be giving fucking The Valley 14 episodes and a reunion. That I know. But anyway, this three-minute trailer... We we get to meet the meet the whole cast. Obviously, there's Brittany and Jax. Right away, we see Jax wearing a number one guy in the group hoodie. Glad to see that um, things are maturing well over there. Brittany's getting motorboated by some random chick. You know, just great stuff happening all around. I don't know how well they're doing in their um, mariage, but that's beside the point for now. Kristen is with this guy, Luke. I mean, I guess they've been together for a while. They're talking about figuring out her ovulation so they can try and have a baby. Um, good for them. I don't know anything about this man. I don't, you know, I liked watching Kristen on Vanderpump Rules. I don't have much of a... Um, much of a pull to find out what's going on in her life now, but I suppose we will. And then we meet, there's um, four other pairs of people, uh, three couples, and then two uh, extra people. I don't know. Jesse and Michelle. Jesse looks kind of like a busted Josh Flagg. Uh, Danny and Nia. Janet and Jason. These couples sound like they're like Scooby-Doo characters. And then Zach and Jasmine, and I got really confused watching the preview because I, in my notes, I literally wrote Zach the gay guy, and then they made it seem like he and Jasmine were together for like a split second. I was like, oh, oh, and then I watched the rest of the thing being like, so are, are, are we going to talk? So, so Zach, the gay guy is with Jasmine. But he's not. He's not. I went to the I went to the website with the cast bios and they're like listed separately. It says Zach is single. So I I, I don't technically know 100% that Zach is gay, but I do know that Jasmine isn't in a relationship with him. Guys, my life flashed before my eyes. There's something a little jarring about somebody coming on reality TV who presents very not straight, but maybe they don't know it or they um yeah so i was i I was really scared for a second but i think we're in the clear honestly a gay person on the valley that's better than vanderpump rules did for a long time if only there was anything else about this show that makes me want to watch it i just i try not to be too harsh on things that i haven't seen i really do i don't as much you know (laughs) if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time I don't know how compelling of an argument I can make for me not being a hater, but I really try. I do. I do. I try to be fair. I just, for the life of me, can't figure out what the real goal and audience of this show is. 
I haven't heard from one single person who wants to watch this. I don't know a goddamn soul who thinks that Jax and Brittany and Kristen and seven random people. Actually, wait, no, 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 no. Nine random people. This is a big ass cast. They kept introducing new people in this trailer. Maybe that's why it's three minutes long because they've got Kristen, Luke, Brittany, Jax, Jesse, Michelle, Danny, Nia, Janet, Jason, Zach, and Jasmine. Why do you have 12 people on your reality show? 10 of whom are like nine, sorry, numbers. Math is hard. Clearly, this show is breaking my brain already. And all I've seen is a three-minute teaser. Who are all of these people? I'm watching the traders every week wondering why the fuck we haven't found something for MJ to do in the last three years. Because every time I see her on my screen, I'm like, wow, I kind of miss Shaw's. Shaw's had a real good run. They were on for like nine seasons. I wonder what she and Reza and Golnessa, not Mike, respectfully, maybe Destiny, Nima, what, what are they up to? I don't know. But instead, we're we're hanging out in the valley with Jesse, whatever the fuck, and all of Jax's friends. It's really weighing on me. Let me let me reel it back in. It's like 10 a.m. and I'm fully just losing it right now. But this show premieres March 19th. I'm sure I will give it a try. You know, maybe we'll even get a... Maybe we'll get... I can't say it with a straight face. Maybe we'll get Jax on the podcast. Stranger things have happened. I don't know. I don't. I don't know, you guys. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com MIA. 
When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling Superpower Short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at Honeylove honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honeylove. Unfortunately, things aren't going up from here because we have to talk about this Leah McSweeney lawsuit. If you haven't seen the news, Leah McSweeney earlier this week filed a lawsuit against Andy Cohen, uh, Bravo, Shed, which was the production company for both Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, and also Warner Brothers Discovery, which I I, I need to do a little more digging into when or how she was employed by Warner Brothers Discovery, because I don't know. But it's a 109-page complaint obtained by people. This is I'm reading from an article by Lawrence Yee. McSweeney claims the defendants established a, quote, rotted workplace culture where employees were pressured to consume alcohol. She also alleges that the defendants failed to maintain a safe working environment and accommodate her disabilities, including alcohol use disorder and, quote, mental health disorders. Later in the complaint. Okay, so some of this is we've we've heard this in in a maybe a Vanity Fair article, maybe a variety thing. You know, some of this, this has been bubbling. It's not brand new information. This part, this is where it gets a little spicy. McSweeney goes on to claim that Andy Cohen, quote, engages in cocaine use with housewives and other Bravo liberties that he employs and has a, quote, proclivity for cocaine usage with his employees. Quote, Cohen tends to provide the housewives with whom he uses cocaine with more favorable treatment and edits. <laughs> this is um, this is not something I was expecting to see. Because this level of specificity and this level of personal to to put this part into the complaint, because I I I believe a lot of what Leah says about production. She wrote a, a post on Instagram. It's three slides of text kind of explaining her position in her own words and talking about kind of what got her to this point. And she says, she talks about the good parts of reality TV and kind of how it can bring people together and show people's experiences. And she says she has love and respect for a lot of the Bravo talent that she got to know and work with. Uh, but she says that Quote, the reckless and diabolical way in which people at the top drool over the mishaps and misfortunes of the women, including myself, are disturbing. Uh, Later, she says, I've been trying to address this internally for years now, but have been dismissed, stonewalled, and gaslit at every turn since. Look, a lot of this stuff that she's saying, I believe. I 100% am on board with the idea that the people higher up at these production companies and at these shows and these networks are probably licking their lips when they see somebody going through a tough time and they see it as an opportunity for ratings and an opportunity for momentum and storyline and that they probably have handled certain situations in ways that are not in the best interest of the people on the shows. I don't think that that seems like 
a real stretch or a real bold claim to make. I I don't know about every specific situation that Leo's talking about. I don't know about every specific situation that anybody else has gone through while filming a show. But I think that that is largely believable. I don't think anybody is really shaking their head and being like, it couldn't be. It couldn't be that a reality TV producer would do something shady. But I was really surprised about this, the specifics of this Andy stuff, because that to me, I, I don't have an opinion on whether it's true or whether it's not true. I, I don't know Andy like that. I don't know Leah like that. I'm not in those situations to, or those, you know, whatever to know that. But for for her to go beyond talking about the the workplace culture in terms of her, um, you know, being encouraged to drink and her, you know, kind of that type of stuff into this sort of personal behavior that she's alleging from Andy, which has been uh, denied. I think they to deadline they denied this. Um, Andy's rapper, whoever. It feels like a, a bold move in a way that suggests that Leah kind of, there's something bigger that she is getting at besides just, I wasn't treated very well. And it does kind of feel in line with what Brandy Glanville is trying to do right now. She just sued Andy Cohen, among others, last week and specifically tied it back to comments that he had made to her around her um of a you know sexual or like flirtatious nature with uh, you know women that are i guess sort of employed by him i mean the housewives are not really directly employed by andy but i i understand that in a in many ways he functions like a boss and now with leah bringing up this drug usage stuff it it does feel like there is i don't know if it's a coordinated effort but it does feel like there is a a through line of trying to kind of tie andy to this behavior in a way that goes beyond just sort of like the production practices that are happening at bravo and i that is something that is is interesting to me because i think for for a long time andy has kind of been this like God-like sort of, you know, daddy Andy figure sort of floating above the fray. I mean, Andy is not somebody who is directly involved in the production of most of these shows. He has an executive producer credit on all the Housewives franchises. He, of course, is involved in some way. He's seeing early cuts of episodes. He's he's hearing about things that are happening, but he is not boots on the ground. You know, when, when Leah's filming Real Housewives of New York and they're in the Hamptons and she's having some kind of meltdown. Andy's not the one that's that's handling that. So I think it's notable. I don't know if it's going to lead to anything or if it's going to, you know, trigger some kind of, of changes. But I do think it is notable that these last two kind of lawsuits that have happened in the last couple of weeks have both been deliberately putting at least some of the spotlight directly on Andy and not just in the way of like, oh, well, he's an EP on the show, so he should he should be knowing better too. It's a, it's a weird time. I did notice as of this morning when I'm recording, the only two um, Bravo celebrities who have 
commented on Leah's Instagram post are Brandy Glanville, a nice supportive comment, and also Bronwyn Wyndham Burke. And I don't, I haven't heard Bronwyn really speak up in this arena too much. I mean, I, I don't think she necessarily had the best experience on Real Hostess of Orange County, but I haven't seen her necessarily be kind of like joining this like reality reckoning fray, but I, I could see her kind of like, you know, hopping on at some point because I feel like that's kind of her vibe. <laughs> I don't mean that to be rude necessarily. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm very curious to see kind of what comes of all of this. I don't, Bethany has been kind of quiet lately. I don't know that this really has anything directly to do with her. I don't think that Leah and Bethany necessarily love each other that much. So I don't think that Bethany is like, you know, ghostwriting Leah's Instagram post or anything. But I, it does feel kind of still tied back to this whole thing that Bethany claimed to care a lot about. I don't, I lately I've just seen her talking about like TJ Maxx on TikTok, but we'll be, we'll be paying attention to this. I mean, I don't know if people are going to get settlements, if they're going to go to court. Leah said that she looks forward to, to people being questioned under oath about things that happened to her on the show. So I don't know if that's going to look like some sealed depositions or some hearings or a, a, a trial. I mean, I, I have a kind of a hard time envisioning these lawsuits going to trial. I feel like the production companies and NBC Universal would would really um would really like to avoid having like Andy Cohen on trial versus Housewives, but you never know. You just never know. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. 
Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin in orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. We should talk about Vanderpump Rules because at a certain point, you know, there's only so much I can say about Leah McSweeney's lawsuit. I'm not going to read all 109 pages because to be honest, I wouldn't know what was going on if I did. It, It will shock you to learn after years of this podcast that I still don't have a law degree. But anyway, Vanderpump Rules. I am not quite sure where we are. Well, we're in Tahoe, most of us. But I'm not quite sure. I'm having a tough time these last couple episodes sort of sinking my teeth into this season. And when I say that, I don't feel like this season is bad necessarily. Not quite. I think it's more that I feel like the last few episodes, there have been sort of a a series of events and conversations that feel like they are sort of orchestrated to move the plot forward in a way that is, I guess, necessary, but doesn't quite feel... I'm trying to find the right word because I I was going to say authentic, but it's not even really that because I don't necessarily care how authentic my uh, reality television is. I think it's more that it doesn't feel quite earned. And I think that this week, the, the vibe around Tom Sandoval felt like it defrosted pretty quickly on this trip to Tahoe. And I think that that is something that is at the same time, both important for the successful production of an ensemble show to have most of the people kind of fine with most of the other people. That if they had gone to Tahoe and every five minutes, it's just like, Tom, fuck off. Go over there. Stand in the corner. Look at the wall. That's not, I mean, that's not, that wouldn't be good. But I do, but then it feels like when they're all just like hanging out on the patio or sitting at dinner together, it does feel a little bit uncanny valley where it's like these people wouldn't be at dinner together. And I don't want to be that reality viewer who's like, it feels fake. Because it's like, who cares? Like, that's lazy. But I just, seeing like Lala at dinner with Schwartz and Sandoval, it's like, why do you want to be here? Lala especially. And like, I don't know. We don't get a ton of Lala this week, which is too bad. I don't know. I like Lala. But Ariana and uh, Ariana and Katie, notably not on the Tahoe trip, we, we get a scene of them dealing with code stuff at um, something about her. Someone pooped on the patio. Jesus Christ. 
they need to add a ramp to get to the patio to make it ADA compliant. And then there's all this other stuff that's happening. And there's logistical red tape. And Ariana would ask who she needs to blow at City Hall, but it's West Hollywood. So they're all gay. I thought that was uh, funny. But they also talk about the Tahoe trip. They have zero FOMO. You know, it's it's everybody in house together. She's like, I don't even know if Tom Schwartz thinks it's a good idea. And it's literally his trip. And this is also, I think, something that kind of goes back to what I was saying before, is that this trip feels just like it it stretches the boundaries of reality just a, a little bit too much where it's like, okay, so Lisa's opening this restaurant in Tahoe, but like a year from now, the cons- it's not open. Like if they were going for the grand opening, I would be like, yeah, great. They should all be in Tahoe. No, they're going to see like this empty ass building that Lisa like suggested to Schwartz he should get the gang together. And then, so Schwartz got the gang together minus Ariana and Katie because he was the only one who could conceivably invite Sandoval on this trip. But it doesn't make sense for him to be the one inviting Lala and James and Ali. Like, I don't really think that Schwartz ever was the get the gang together kind of guy. So now that he's been put in this role, I I don't dislike Tom Schwartz. I think that he serves a purpose, but I don't think that his purpose historically has ever been, he's never been the number one guy in the group. And that's really what it is. That it's like Tom Schwartz hosting a trip feels so wrong. It's like seeing a, what is it, like a dog walking on his hind legs wearing a tuxedo? It's like, what are you doing here? Get on all fours and stop wearing clothes. Now I have a visual of Tom Schwartz like naked crawling, which is not the worst visual, I guess. But yeah, I just, I think the um, the sort of mise-en-scene of this cast trip just feels a little bit off and it does feel a little bit like, what are we doing here? But anyway, I mean, that's not all that's happening. We have Sheena and Brock screaming at each other in a swimsuit shop. And I, I gotta say, I feel like their, their issues, maybe, (laughs) maybe I'm being dumb. Maybe, maybe nobody else feels this way. I feel like the the height that their issues have reached seems like it sort of came out of nowhere to me. Because if you think back, okay, so two seasons ago on Vanderpump Rules, this was the season that Brock was like fully on the cast. They bumped him to full-time right away. That was the season that he and Sheena got engaged during James and Raquel's engagement weekend. Um, And that was the season where Brock was on the show so much and every single time he appeared on camera, he was just dropping red flags left and right. Every single episode, I felt like I would come on here and be like, what are we going to do about Brock? Get Sheena out of there. And then last season, smartly, he bumped back down to a friend of kind of role. He mostly just appeared at home with Sheena and in group scenes, but he wasn't always there. You know, we got to see Sheena's wedding, of course, but it wasn't about him. He didn't have his own storyline. And I think it worked brilliantly. 
And to be honest, last season, I mean, obviously Scandaval ended up at the end of the day sort of drowning out everything else, but Brock and Sheena's relationship wasn't really a topic of conversation last season. You know, maybe Sheena wished that it was a little bit more just uh, in terms of uh, the attention. But I was not coming on the podcast last season and being like, well, this fucking guy from Australia, what is he doing? Bootleg Jason Momoa, get your shit together. But this week specifically, it feels like this tension over Sheena's hesitation to hire a nanny or to let anyone that's not her mom or her sister take care of her child. It felt like it spiraled into a huge thing so fast. And I mean, obviously, they're living this parenting reality 24-7, even when the cameras aren't there. So I don't necessarily think that it it did spiral quite as fast as it felt on the show. But when they're in this swimsuit shop and they're heated, heated, and in the middle of a public store that's like open currently, and Sheena just goes... I don't want to I don't want to fight in a in the fucking store with people I don't know. This is weird. And Brock Brock's like it's not weird, Sheena. It that's just optics. And I'm like, "Sir, oi. Oi, mate. The fact that Sheena has lived her life on this fucking thunderdome of a reality TV show for over a decade and even she in that moment can be like, oh, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." We're we're at an 11 in this public place surrounded by strangers right now. Let's take this somewhere else. Let's bring it down a notch. Uh, This is not how people behave. And Brock, who's like got here the day before yesterday and isn't even a full-time cast member on the show, is like, why do you think it's weird that we're screaming in a store? No, it's not. That's just optics. Who cares about optics? It's like, yeah, the optics of you screaming at your wife in a store are not great. And whether it's optics or not, maybe I should stop doing that. There was something really off-putting about him saying it's, it's just optics. It's like, okay, yeah, like maybe on people on Twitter are going to be like, Barack and Sheena are a mess. But also, it's not normal to be having a screaming argument in a store. That was so weird to me that he was trying to like gaslight her into thinking that she's wrong for saying that it's weird. It's like, no, 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 no. She's she's correct. Say what you want about Sheena 95% of the time. She had the right instinct at that moment where she's like, okay, this this is a lot. We gotta, we gotta take this outside. And then later when they're at Tahoe, and she's like, you know. Jack and I are focused right now on having a fun weekend with everyone in Tahoe. So we're like putting the nanny thing to the side for a minute. But like, I still am like annoyed at every single thing he does. You are? How how did we get here so fast? I was, I got to say, last season, when Brock was on the show less and we were kind of focused less on their relationship, I feel like I was kind of in the place of like, yeah, I feel like they're really happy together. I feel like they kind of like found it. I feel like this might work out and it might still. But all of a sudden this episode, I feel like my eyes were open and I'm like, oh, they are not in a good place. It kind of gives PK and Dorit on this season a little bit 
where Dorit's still kind of going through it in the wake of the the home invasion. And PK is like not not being supportive, but sort of like pushing back on some of her specific triggers and issues and kind of trying to get her to a place of being okay in the way that maybe is not what she needs. And I feel like that's kind of what Brock is doing with Sheena and the the child care situation that it's like it's a process. And I I mean, I am not a parent. I can't speak to pe- the the way that people, you know, process learning to to let go in that sense and let somebody take care of their kids. I mean, eventually Summer's going to go to school and you're not going to have her with you for how many hours out of the day. But it just felt like what why are we getting to this level? Let's all just have photo shoots with wolves and have a good time. That photo shoot. My God. Are those real wolves? I don't know. I realized watching this episode, I don't know if I can tell the difference between a wolf and like a husky or like a malab malamute malab whatever the dog is. Can you like cuddle with a wolf? That seems dangerous. I actually have seen wolves in the wild. I went to Yellowstone with my family when I was like eight years old. I don't know if it was like my parents or maybe I I was a little kid. I was like obsessed with wolves. We were all obsessed with wolves and we had done research or like my, I guess like my mom had done research about like where in Yellowstone at this time of year, X, Y, Z, are you like most likely to be able to see wolves? And so there was this spot, this like rock outcropping or something that it was like, okay, you go to this place around dusk and there might be, you might be able to see wolves like in the distance. Like we're not, we weren't like cuddling with We're not Lisa Vanderpump. And I think we had to go back more than like a couple different days, but we saw them. We fucking saw the wolves and they were sexy and masculine and a big, bad wolf. God, the way Lisa Vanderpump describes all of her establishments is just so inspired. I wanted it to be flirtatious and sexy and, you know, really get the people going. I got a little Irish there for a second. Really, really get the people going. Okay, this is, this has got to be over. <laughs> you guys, I am not doing well. What is happening? I hope you enjoyed this episode, though. I don't even really know what I said. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. We will be back uh, tomorrow with more reunion content. Uh, two reunion episodes coming up. Very exciting stuff. Uh, but until next time, be cool. Don't be all, like, uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.